I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Hi, this is Jane Garvey and welcome to the My Baby and Me podcast, where each time we're discussing a different aspect of pregnancy, parenthood and life, day-to-day life with your new baby. We've got advice, we've got anecdotes, we have got the odd terrible glimpse into our own personal lives. We're not experts, we're not giving you advice you have to follow, we're just trying to tell you how it is, how it might be and how it could get better. Now on today's episode, we're discussing how best to spend time with your new baby And let's face it, you're going to be spending, well, quite possibly, depending on how long you're planning to live, 70, 80 years with this individual in your life and with you very firmly in theirs. So how do you do it? Uh, With me in the studio, self-styled birth junkie and Telegraph Wonder Woman columnist Beverly Turner. Birth junkie, you better explain that. Bit, well, I, I like talking about birth. I'm quite into birth. I'm, I'm a bit ambivalent about what it produces. <laughs> <laughs> Many refreshing things that Beverly brings to this party. She's prepared to really tell the truth about what it's like to be a mother. Also here, broadcaster and football writer Ian McIntosh, who has a three-year-old daughter. Beverly has three children. We ought to get that straight. How old are your kids? Beverly? 11, 5 and 3. And also here, Katie Thompson, who is the deputy manager of a North London nursery coconuts and also does children's parties as an entertainer i certainly do you know kids inside out to yes. such an extent you're not absolutely certain you want one yourself <laughs> <laughs> i think they are a joy every single one of them <laughs> the thing is I, I, everyone who's been a parent will remember the moment when you bring the baby home in the car seat and let, let's say you've you've achieved that you've got them home and but then you look at it and you think okay it's 10 past three What's what do we, what's actually what do I do now? And um, Beverly, what do you do? What did you do? I I think the biggest shock with number one was filling the hours. Like days had never dragged quite as long as they did with a small baby because it's that strange combination of um, anxiety because you're looking after something that you have complete responsibility for, cluelessness because you're not sure whether you're doing it right and there's things you could be doing better and then a sort of um, like a torturous lack of productivity in your day. That was what I found difficult so that by the end of the day you'd have started four things and finished nothing be it half unstacking the dishwasher and being interrupted, half making the beds and being interrupted, half cooking a meal, you know half sending a few emails you wanted to do and being interrupted. That That's a sort of form of torture for some personality types yeah yeah well naming no names yeah Um, what about play interaction with the baby well newborn babies don't really do anything do they that's what nobody tells you they just sort of sleep i mean quite quickly they will start to reach out for things so if you have a little baby gym those little mats with things that hang down that can buy you kind of 20 minutes of peace Uh, they're worth getting are they i think they are i think there's a lot of stuff you don't need to buy with a new baby but i think a, a really nice baby gym that's quite soft and you've got lots of little things you can attach to it is is actually brilliant do you remember ian the first bit of genuine interactivity you had with your daughter yeah, we've actually got it on video, um, filmed on my, my mobile phone like for utmost quality of me and my wife singing to our daughter who was 
um, she'd been in the house a matter of hours. And um, we both sing her a song um, flawlessly, I might add, on my yeah. part, less so on my wife's. Um, and she responds by sneezing and then falling asleep, which is about the depth of the interaction you'll get. But it should be said, you'll be in a frame of mind to take a slight blink as the greatest thing that any human being has ever done. Um, so you, you, your, your ability to judge achievement will, will change quite dramatically. Do you think Tilly, Ian's little girl, actually enjoyed any of that, Katie, or was she just patronising them by just pretending to enjoy it? I think she was patronising them, yeah. Yeah. not for the first time in her life. No, no, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, certainly it wouldn't have been the last, that's for sure. Um, I mean, actually, babies do... Uh, Ian and Beverly are both right. There isn't a lot they can do to start with, but they like faces... Um, they and they like obviously they like cuddles, don't they? Yeah, they like faces. They like cuddles. Um, when they're really little, it's that's basically what it's about. Little social interactions, so singing songs and rhymes, clapping, peekaboo. They react to pretty quickly. Babies between like six and twelve months, really, they learn through play and exploration, and by forming a good bond with their mum and dad. But there is no, there's no shame, isn't there? Particularly if you're on your own with a baby um, all day, as let's face it, many women are, particularly in the early weeks, that you can just talk to them all day. The fact that they're not going to reply, or let's face it, they'd be a real prodigy if they did, yeah. um, but you can uh, chatting away to them is not going to do any harm and may do, actually do a lot of good. It's absolutely brilliant. That's exactly what you should do with a little baby at home. Chat away to them, look at them in the eyes, smile, be friendly, laugh. They respond to all of that. So you're not wasting your time and you're not a complete maniac if you do do that. You're not. You'd be a complete maniac if you don't do all that. And I think a lot of people, I've certainly found I've never particularly sung, but I did sing to both my children and I found it really effortless, actually. You're asking, you're yeah. literally begging me with your facial expression not to burst into song. <laughs> I, don't worry, I won't. But I even invented a song called I'm Too Busy to Cry. <laughs> Um, which was meant to like stop to my daughter crying. Song. I don't think you would like to hear it, but it basically goes, I'm too busy to cry. And re- you Were you talking about um, yourself, though? I think, like, I, do you know what? I think, tragic. I think I was talking a little bit about myself, but mainly to my eldest daughter. I, I Funny if you just reminded me, I haven't thought about it, but I made up songs with their names in it, which is apparently some African cultures do that. So when a child is born, they will make up a song for specifically for that child and it gets sung to them at certain milestones in their life, which is actually really lovely. I think that is really lovely. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't you see, it? you've got a softer Side, haven't you? But not particularly. <laughs> I, I don't like to get it out very often. No, okay. I, I just realised that, that I had a really mournful song for my daughter in reflection of the fact that I wasn't getting out to many assignments anymore, um, which I will not sing. No. Um, but pretty much went, Daddy used to be a journalist with integrity, but these days all he really is is a glorified blogger. Um, which, which my wife once caught rhyme, me singing right? to her. <laughs> well, you have to, you know, you have to style it out. Uh, okay, um, yeah. but, uh, but we also found that singing created certain trigger reactions, which is really weird. And that any kind of tantrum, this was unfortunate and I didn't intend for it to be the case, but any kind of tantrum or tears could be um, pacified with application of the Dad's Army theme tune. Um, I don't know. How do quite. you find that out? Well, when you get really tired, your brain starts doing weird things, You've and when you classic TV gold or whatever it's called, on, it don't was you? just yeah. in my head, and I oh. just sang, and then she stopped crying completely, and then we tried it again another night later, and suddenly it became yeah. the go-to it song. Just reminded me, my te- my eleven-year-old, my eldest, had, um, had exactly the same response to Will Young's song about um, I think I better leave right now. Oh, you yeah, know that I like one? That. Yeah. yeah, I like that song. Yeah. And if ever that came on in the car, he would stop crying every it's time. Amazing. 
I'm just worried that my daughter is constantly wondering who Mr Hitler thinks he's kidding um, but has no <laughs> idea why. So repetition is the key then. Keep keep the same things coming at yeah. them and they'll appreciate oh, it. Oh, we, we had... Uh, I used to recite all the winners of the World Cup from 1930 to present day uh, in the form of a song and that, uh, that actually gets my niece to sleep now. Did you make a special effort for 1966? Oh, yeah, that yeah. always gets way... Yeah. <laughs> So um, there's no. We've, I think we've established there's no shame in singing, no no shame at all in talking to them, um, and taking them out. What about um, when you go out? Should you be describing where you're going? Um, that sort of thing. Is that is that there's okay? It's a real problem, and and Katie will know this about young children who are arriving at school who can barely form a sentence yeah. because they've been spoken to so little. And it's not just a socio-economic problem. You know, we assume maybe wrongly that the children who are from more deprived backgrounds this might be a problem. It's not. It's just as bad within the the, the you know the professional middle classes. Their kids are uh, having all sorts of speech and language problems um, because we're not talking to them. We're just not chatting away to them. Because I bet too many of us, and I am amongst this, we're with our kids and we're looking at our screens and we're mm. just sending a quick email on the on the smartphone and we're just, you know, rather than giving them our undivided attention and looking them in the eye and having a, having a conversation, yeah. even though it's nonsense. Beverly's got a point, though, that it certainly isn't always children from so-called poor backgrounds who may be missing out here because, uh, you know, there are plenty of women and men mm. who uh, think they might be too a bit too important to be yeah. a decent parent. And or, that, that's inexcusable, basically. Or I think some parents are just a bit shy. I mean, inhibited. Yeah. yeah, a bit inhibited. You know, I think maybe it takes a little bit of confidence to go, I'm going to make a silly song up now and I'm going to do this on the bus all the way from one stop to another. And I think, yeah, some parents maybe don't realise the value in that so much. Any kind of interactivity is good. I used to read my daughter the leader article from The Times. Um, just when she first appeared, which is why she's got very staunch conservative views now. Um, she's a nightmare at playgroup. <laughs> and what about, um, we've mentioned the activity mat, or the inactivity mat, because my kids just used to fall asleep on, on yeah. those mats. But, anyway. but then, hey, that's a job well done if they've yeah. fallen asleep on it. Just, I'd stimulated them intellectually so much. They just, they just had enough. Go away, mother. Give us an intellectual break. That's what they were saying. Um, apart from that, what about toys? I mean, toys for the under, the really teeny tinies, apart from a cuddly toy. What, what else do they need? What they need? what they always want to play with is your keys and your phone. You can invest in all sorts of things, but if they won't stop crying, when you give them your phone or their key or your keys, that's it every time. It's the weirdest mm. thing, isn't it? Two words, talking Carl. It's a very, very, very cheap oh, yeah, app on the yeah. phone and it's yeah. just a little monster and if you hit it, he goes, Ow! Yeah, just just give that to him. Yeah, and and my my daughter the other day at five, she was moaning she had nothing to play with. This is this is completely true, and she had a playroom there with all sorts of jigsaws and stuff that puzzles and dolls and plumbing girls' worlds and things and all this terribly gender stereotyping stuff that other people have bought into the house. And she said, I've got nothing to play with. And she said, there are no cardboard boxes to make a car out of. Oh. Yeah, you see, there you go. (laughs) And I just thought, what are we doing? We've all, you know. And I went and found her a big cardboard box. And for her, that was a really cool toy, was just to play... And and with a big marker pen and draw on this massive cardboard box and, and her sister and her got in and out of it. They put dolls in it. I just, you yeah. know, yeah. they don't need a lot to use their imagination. We build, build whole armadas of ships out of cardboard <laughs> boxes in nursery and they love it. Submarines. Are there any screens in your nursery at all? There are screens in our nursery. I think... I don't think you can ban screens because, you know, children see them from birth and I think there's benefits to screens as well as long as they're used appropriately. On the subject of screens, actually, there's something really freaky that happens to children now. Um, when my my mum passed my daughter a toy phone 
um, she actually picked up the handset and then moved her fingers across it, trying yeah. to move the screen around, um, which is very, very disturbing. What are we breeding here? Yes. I mean, actually, yeah, I have a massive problem with screens. Well, I, I sort of, I wonder about, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder when I'm awake at half past three in the morning, what the old folks' homes of 2090 <laughs> are going to look like. Um, yeah. With people like Mike, my, my kids could be in there. And are they still going to be looking at screens? Interestingly, Kindle apparently has become a massive seller amongst the retired people because Kindles allow you to make the text bigger. Yes. And yeah. also, so they, they have access to all of these Why are you books. looking at me when you say that, Beverly? <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, I'm sure they will be. But I, I, I try very hard to limit screen time. I think it's utterly addictive. Because they would want, my children would want to be on it all day, every day, if I let them. Mm. The, the, the one thing I would definitely issue a warning as to is uh, a toys that talk on contact, um, because they can be an absolute nightmare. We used to have this dog that would go, would you want to play with me? Every time you either touched it or squeezed it or walked past it or thought about you it in a separate it, room. No, no, very yeah. rarely did I want to play with that dog. And one night I was putting my daughter to bed, which at this stage was a military operation of blackout curtains and songs, as you've already heard, stroking the head. And then finally she was done and I could just, I looked at her as she, she lay asleep, this beautiful creature that I'd co-created, and I stepped backwards and suddenly this voice went, do you want to play with me? <laughs> and that was it, she was awake again. So just uh, do yourself a favour, away from talking toys. At Nook, we believe our job is to make your life easier. For over 60 years, we've been listening to midwives, doctors, dentists, and most importantly, parents. Only by listening have we been able to deliver a range of products that is specifically designed to satisfy the needs of mother and baby in those precious early years. To find out more about the full range of Nook products, visit our website at www.nook.co.uk. Nook. Understanding life. I'm so old that I had a child before CBeebies was invented, um, but only just. And the day it started, I'm not kidding you, it was one of the happiest days yeah. of my life. Uh, and so I'm not going to be I'm not going to be snotty and snooty and say that we haven't watched screens um, together and continue to do so. But when is too much telly just too much? I mean, I, I don't know. Beverly. I mean, do you, do you have set rules? All the research there's quite a lot now about children and screens is that they are a very little intellectual and cognitive benefit to them. Screens are there for our benefit and boy do we use them. Oh yeah. I do. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, especially with the boy. I think you know boys are just love a computer game. They love a screen. Um I think, what, what do we do in our house? I try to limit it Monday to Friday. Like they've got their own little individual little iPods and, and I've I've now got to the point where I ban it Monday to Friday because otherwise they will just come home from school and they are just like, you know, heat-seeking missiles and they'll go and find the, the iPods. And then I will buy myself a little bit of peace and quiet on the weekends and let them have it. But it's it's, it's totally for my benefit. And you, you acknowledge that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think you've got to. We can kid ourselves and say, well, it's good for their learning. Some of the research showed that actually a monkey can learn the same things that they will, you know, the same level of, of insight that they get from the intellectual challenge of using the screens. Then. Yeah, but a monkey won't pester you to visit Postman Pat World. No. And my big story about Postman Pat is that I, um, on the day I went to Postman Pat World with my then three-year-old, 
I could have been meeting the Queen. Uh, she was coming to my place of work, as it happened. I could have met her. Instead of... My anecdote now is that I haven't met the Queen, but I have met Postman oh, no. Pat. <laughs> and I'm afraid it does annoy me, and it will continue to annoy me. But my daughter enjoyed the day. Um, and that's the problem, that the products come with these addictions, and there was no doubt in our house it was Pat. And actually, of all the things, I quite like Pat, to be honest with you. Yeah. Although I've gone off him since he got that chopper. I think it's become a yes, bit ridiculous. it is a little bit. It used to be home it's showing off, isn't it, really? Yeah. It got and unionised wildcat strikes. It was just more disruptive <laughs> than constructive, I thought. We, but just in terms of the screens, we were on holiday last year and we were there, it must have been end of August, beginning of September, and partway through the, the second week, the atmosphere in the dining room changed completely on at our resort and it was like one of those buffet places that you, in Crete. I couldn't work out what it was. Then I walked through and I saw, I know what's happened. All the school-aged children have gone back to school and the dining room is full of preschoolers and they were all eating with a screen propped up Mm. on the table in front of them. And it was the, it's so depressing. And all of the one, two, three, three and a half, nearly four-year-olds were all eating with a screen that the parents had propped up next to the wine glass be it an iPad, an iPod or anything. And that was, and the children were just zombified and it was the only way that the parents could get any food down them. Yeah, this, this, was the, this is the one thing that me and my wife clash on. We're pretty much in uni, uh, unison on everything, but when we go out to uh, a restaurant, um, if my daughter starts playing up, I'll be the one who wants to sort it out and my wife will be the one who goes, we can solve this with Peppa Pig. And that's the one thing we do clash on because I think that's a bit odd as well. I think mm. I don't think it's I don't think it's right. I think it's easy, you know. But I don't think so. there are certain days when I've done it, but I rarely. And I have to really have a word with myself and just go, no, it's not right because they're not learning about they're not learning to improve their attention span and sit at a table and have a conversation and use a knife and fork and talk about the food and blah blah blah. What I will do sometimes at the end of a meal, if you're out eating with the kids, then give them the screen while we finish coffee and a chat while the adults talk sometimes i will but imagine where that. this leads are we going to get to a point yeah. where uh, teenagers are going out on dates and one of, of them's watching lost on netflix but i bet they're doing that oh, now. i'm sure that's happening yeah. yeah i'm absolutely sure at the nursery katie i mean the one i appreciate you do have screens there but presumably most of the time the kids are doing creative play yeah and learning to play alongside each other which is so important absolutely absolutely i mean we do have screens Mostly because we have to as part of the EYFS, the Early Years Foundation stage. Why do you have to have them? Well, um, the Early Years Foundation stage is the framework within which all care and education for under five happens in this country. And one of the learning areas is ICT. So we have to have some sort of provision for ICT for the children. Um, But... You know, we make sure it's very, very short and there's always a learning outcome. No one is ever plonked in front of a screen. I think that's ridiculous and it's only ever for 10 minutes or so. So sometimes in the mornings we might do some activities on the computer and then in the afternoons after their lunch, some of them can watch something on the computer for 15 minutes and... I think that's fine because in a 10-hour day, you can't constantly be doing stories, no, constantly be no. doing singing. Sometimes it's the only way to get some children to actually but just chill for a What age are these kids who are looking at the screen? These are the older ones. Yeah, so okay. in our toddler room, they, would, they don't look at screens ever. So this is our two-and-a-half to five-year-olds. And I happen to have daughters and I bought them a train set and to be perfectly honest, they didn't play with it. They actually wanted dolls and prams, and so that's what we got. And they very happily played with those. I mean, what what can you say about that? What uh, can any parent make their child into something they don't want to be? No. <laughs> right. Right answer. Um, 
as you can imagine, at our nursery, we try to steer away from far too gender stereotype toys. So, you know, no Barbies or I ban anything pink. But, you know, generally you do tend to see that boys want to play with train sets and trucks and cars and girls sometimes want to push a baby around in a buggy. But then sometimes it's vice versa. Ian? Uh, my daughter's pretty much half and half, to be honest. She loves um, stuffed cats and stuffed dogs, which she calls her guys. Um, and she's got a little push chair that she pushes her guys around. And she's not huge on sort of babies and the, the more uh, regimented gender stereotypes, but also she does a decent train track and she's not bad with a racing car as well. And so. when you take her out, and just getting out anywhere actually can be fun with a, with a three-year-old or sometimes challenging, where would she like to go? I mean, presumably the park down the road is actually as good an option as anything at that age. Yeah, the park's usually a great one, but we have a lot of fun. We live in London, so um, we, we just jump on the bus and go wherever the bus goes and get off when we find something interesting, um, which when you live in London tends to be quite frequently. So we do a lot of exploring. Um, it's obviously easier the size she is and the size I am. She could just travel on my shoulders for, for most of the time and public transport and just you know, just go out and have adventures, go to the woods, go to the park, go climb a hill, that kind of thing. You can, If you're in a position where I was fortunate to be where I could move my work into the evening or do it over the weekend, you can pretty much do anything you want. And there's a wonderful sense of rediscovering things like wh why do we all stop using swings in the park swings are amazing you go on a swing now it's the best thing ever mm. it's like straight into my top five things i like doing mm. coloring in as well yeah, very therapeutic I know, i'm always haunted you get them you see these images on twitter of the you know the person who's been got stuck in a swing <laughs> i always think that could be me you're not supposed to get I, on the toddler ones like the grown-up oh, no. ones <laughs> I mean, yeah, OK, that's the, that's the mistake I've made. Anyway, enough about that. The police never found out about it. Um, thank you all very much for taking part. Um, Beverly Turner, Ian McIntosh and Katie Thompson. Uh, Beverly Turner, you can find her on Twitter, at Beverly Turner. Ian McIntosh is at Ian McIntosh. I'm Jane Garvey1 on Twitter. And if you'd like to keep up with Katie's Cat's Whiskers Theatre Group, and trust me, Katie Thompson runs them and they're bound to be really good, that is catswhiskerstheatre.co.uk and cat here is spelt with a K. Make sure you share these podcasts with your friends and fellow parents-to-be on Facebook. You can find the rest of our episodes on iTunes. And we'd really be pleased if you can spare just a moment or two between feeds and tantrums to leave us a review. I'm Jane Garvey. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to the My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Visit us at nook.co.uk. 